the Taco Bell Hotel, a Wii U update. Super Mario Maker 2 is broken already. Google Stadia may not be more cost effective. Amazon Prime Day Steam Summer Sale and much, much more on the Sweet 16 episode of Heine House Live. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. This is Sweet 16 episode. Oh my goodness. We are, we are, we're coming of age. We are coming of age. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, yeah. Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, yeah. or wherever else you, you listen, listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community Discord, great. live video feed, yes. episode archive, and, and a whole host, host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Yeah. Oh, look it. I got my other cam working. Yeah. Excuse the mess. Excuse the mess. Excuse the mess. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live Sweet 16. Episode Sweet 16. Good to have you. Thanks for tuning in. This is the podcast where I discuss gaming, technology, some life stuff, some comedy, whatever happens. It just happens and it happens and it's fantastic. And we all love hanging out it's like hanging out with your best friend just having a little chit chat over all the stuff that happened this week i talk about the highs and lows and everything in between of course you want to take part in the show you guys know where to go heinehouse.com is my website that's where you can get all the info about this show and other great stuff as well of course the show is completely funded by your lovely support and much needed support on patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Round of applause for all these lovely people. Beautiful faces. Beautiful text faces. <laughs> Thank you all so much for your help. And what's and again, I mentioned this last night, but it's going to be the entire month of July. We have something fun that's happening this entire month. Well, it's my birthday month. And I wanted to say, because of that, Stephanie got me an early birthday present. Look at this cool PlayStation hat that she got me. Look at this. An official branded PlayStation. I can hear, I can hear the, does it fit? Doesn't fit. Okay, here we go. I'll just wear it like, there we go. I'll look, uh, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. She also got me the strike bass fishing, uh, <laughs> which I cannot wait to play on Nintendo Switch. It has the, the actual reel. You know, you put your, your Joy-Cons in it. And it becomes a real fishing reel. Oh, a real reel. Oh dear. Oh, that's terrible. That that shouldn't have happened. Holy No shit. God, please no. That should no, have happened. No <laughs> What'd you say? She's returning it. She says no, no. What, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? No, don't return it. But it is July and uh, you know, it, we're in the summer months now. But this is actually not only is it my birthday month, this is a big month for a lot of other people who have birthdays. Um in July, and I made a small note down here to show we've got E-Dub has a uh, community member, uh, Aaron E-Dub has a birthday. The homie Brandon BZ, my good friend, also has a birthday. We have, a, you know, there's still, there's there's definitely some birthdays going around. The homie Justin, Mr. Justice, who came down just recently, my cousin, he has a birthday in July. So a lot of summer babies. What were our parents doing nine months ago? I think we all know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. 
have some turkey. Uh, I wanted to mention this before we move on and, and start the show is that, of course, I have all my, my music back here in physical form back here, dating all the way back to 20, uh, 2004. But if you join Patreon in the Party Pack tier, if you pledge the Party Pack tier through the whole month of July, I'm giving you your choice of a physical copy of one of these CDs. I'll send it to you absolutely free. You can get any any of my physical CDs. Check Spotify. All the music is on there to listen to and preview. But if you want a physical copy, you can certainly have it here. And I'll sign it if you want. I don't know why you'd want me to ruin the such beautiful artwork that I went to great trouble to get done. But I will if you want me to, and I'll send it to you. Also on the uh, chopping block is uh, the Heine House mixtape USB drive. I made this a couple years ago. It was a Twitch-funded, um, a Twitch-backed project here that... Um, Basically, it's a USB drive. Only made 100 of these, so I've got about 50 of them left. And uh, it pops out. The USB pops out. So you can see it. I showed it last time, but we'll show it again for any any new new friends coming through. See, that this this pops out here. Boop. And you got the USB there. Look at that. It's funny. When I sent these out originally, I had some people write me. They're like, hey, Jay, how do I get the USB thing out? I don't want to break it. And yeah, it is a little tricky. You just have to... Just I guess I'll do a PSA while I'm here. You have to basically... You have to come from the backside. Um, and you just basically put your thumb and finger and just kind of push it, kind of twist it, push it out. Okay? That's how it works. It only goes one way. So, oh, no, it goes both ways. Look at that. It goes all the way around. So you, you can do the old sideways mumbo, bruh. And it can flip you off when you're not using it. <laughs> if you want this, you can have this too. This is the mixtape. I don't know, I have about 15, 16 songs in here. It has some unreleased remixes off of Nothing's Forever. It's got some live drum covers when I was doing that on Twitch. It's got some remixes, some video game remixes, uh, and also some racing Apex music that is unreleased. And this is the only place you can get it right here. Pretty cool. So anyway, there's that. Okay. We're going to go right along. We're going to move right in to the episode. Uh, we have some some news coming up here. Evidently... And this is great. This is great. Taco Bell is officially one of the healthiest food chains that you can eat at. I just want to give a round of applause. We've been doing it right all this time. We've been doing it right. I didn't say it won't make you a fat ass. I just said that it's officially the healthiest. No, and it, it's actually very true. Um, uh, I have friends that have served in military, and when they were in their training, one thing that the uh, the trainers were telling them as they were going through was, if you have to eat fast food, go to Taco Bell and modify and eat, you know, food there because it's the healthiest. It's, it's it's better than having just a big old fat fucking burger and fries, even though they have nacho fries now, which are the fucking best. Oh my god, so good. Um, but Taco Bell has gone to great lengths over the last, I'd say, probably 10 years and really, really, really uh, headstrong on it. Like, they've gone balls to the wall the last five years, officially. Uh, but they've done reduced sodium across pretty much their entire menu. Um, since 2008, they've reduced it by 15%. And a push to do 25% of reduction on the entire menu. That's their goal. Uh, they have removed artificial flavors, colors, and replaced it with natural al alternatives. And they uh, currently, they, they do now source 100% cage-free eggs for their breakfast menu. And they will introduce 100% cage-free eggs ingredients into the core menu at the end of 2018, which they've done, which is pretty fantastic. 
um, their chicken. They have switched over, and now they are serving chicken raised without anti antibiotics. Anti. Oh my god. <laughs> Why can't I say that word? Anti. <laughs> antibiotics. No. Steph, what is that word? Antibiotics. Is that right? Why does that sound weird? Is, are you there? Are you taking a shit? She's not even there. She's taking a shit. Ant, wait, what's the meta? Antibiotics? Anti fuck. They're, they're raising it with, they're not injecting it with a bunch of crap. That's what they're doing. They're not injecting the damn chickens with a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs. The chickens have to die at some point, but at least they're not, they're living a good life up until that point. It's kind of sad all the way. Not, now I'm going to stop eating chicken. Fuck this. Now I'm, now I'm depressed. They also have the fresco option, which which uh, we have ordered many, many times here locally. They basically, they put pico de gallo on it, and then they minus the cheese. And uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and with that being said, I just want to go order the nacho fries bel grande now. No sour cream. Let's get it going. Oh, good. She sent me a text. I just saw it come through. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay, never mind. It's about something else. Okay. So, hey, Taco Bell's healthy. Come on now. Just just take credit. Just say you already knew that. You already knew that <laughs> knew that going into it. Um, speaking of Taco Bell, some more TB news. And we talked briefly about this on an earlier episode, but Taco Bell now has a hotel. It's an official real thing. And they opened up the reservations, okay? And it's basically a Taco Bell themed hotel. They got the restaurant in there. It's a really nice sit-down restaurant. The rooms are Taco Bell themed. I mean, honestly. If you had your choice between that or Disneyland, ah, what would you pick? <laughs> I'm questioning my sanity right now. So they took reservations. They opened up their reservations line. They sold out. Okay, get this. The reservations sold out in two minutes. Of course, they only had 70 rooms. It's not a really large hotel, but, you know, still pretty good. 70 rooms. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't get to uh, get our reservations in. Room started at 169 per night. And um, no minimum requirement. You stay as long as you want. I'm going to live there forever. Um, yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Um, man, can we go? Sign us up, man. Sign us up. Uh, they also feature a gift shop in there, which is pretty fantastic. And that... To be honest, that would be the place I would want to go the most to get that Taco Bell merch. Now, they sell some stuff on their website. You can go to TacoBell.com, look at their website. But to, they probably have some exclusive stuff there as well. I'd really want to check that out. Um, Taco Bell-themed apparel. Yes, yes. On-site salon with Taco Bell-inspired nail art, hair styling services. What? Can you please put the nacho fries right in my hair and make it into a little bun? I can see Steph going in there and wanting a Taco Bell nacho fries hair bun. I can see it. Maybe not just her. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Taco Bell inspired gift shop. Hotel guests can expect performances from up and coming musicians, feature length movie showings, and a lounge inspired by Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Bro! Sign me up. Oh my gosh. Why are we sitting here? Why are you listening to the show? Let's let's meet up in Cali and go to Taco Bell. Bruh. Bruh. Speaking of coming into the uh, the new world, coming of age, Monopoly 
which was created in uh, March of 1935. It's kind of old. Uh, it only took 30 years. I'm sorry. It only took 80 years for them to catch up and join and come into the new era. Evidently, they're going digital. Yes, Monopoly is going ATM. Can you believe that? I don't know how I feel about that. I'm actually, I don't know if I'm really happy about that. <sighs> the banker is now Mr. Monopoly himself, and it's completely electronic. You can no longer cheat. I mean, it'd be more difficult to cheat, I guess. But who's cheating in Monopoly? Come on now, stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. Um, yeah, there's no physical property, cards, or cash anymore on the new version that's coming out this year or that's already out. Oh, man. Then why even play Monopoly? What's the point? I bet you still cost the same. That's like that's that that version of Monopoly is like the the Google Stadia version of gaming. That's what that is. Fuck that. Mm -mm. Just a couple of little random tidbits to start out the show. Are you guys ready for some? <laughs> this week in gaming history. Winner. Perfect. Absolutely. This is the section of the show where I talk about sh uh, video games that come out this next week or the, sh the week that the show is aired. And uh, it corresponds with all the days. We're going to do July 1st through July 7th. Birthday months, y'all. Lots of birthdays. Um, okay, so dating back to 1991. Oh, this is huge. Just coming out with a bang. 1991, the Neo Geo console in Japan was released. Round of applause for the Neo Geo, man. How about that? It was a big day all around because on that same, in that same year, on the same day, we got Star Fox 64 on Nintendo 64. My goodness. To be honest, I love Star Fox on Super Nintendo, and uh, I even really like Star Fox 2 and where they're going with it. And I know that that fueled Star Fox 64, but I really, really love Star Fox 64. It's probably one of my favorite, if, if not my favorite version of Star Fox. And you know what? Let's, let's all come together and, and shout as loud as we can to the sky. Where is Star Fox now? No, no, we don't, we don't want him on on that other fucking game that, he, that Ubisoft did, uh, Starlink, which is fun, by the way. We really liked it. Great co-op and a lot of fun. Nothing wrong with it. But we want an official Star Fox game. Come on, let's all raise of hands. Who wants a Star Fox game? Yes, we all do. It was a big day, July 1st. First day of July, the Neo Geo came out in Star Fox 64. Great day. How about July 2nd? Let's move on to the next day. In 1988, Bubble Bobble on the Master System was released. Great Bubble Bobble. Doon, 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 doon. Great, I can hear the music now. In 2008, oh, moving forward, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> a great, great fun game. Trauma Center Under the Knife on Nintendo DS was released. Love Trauma Center. Go go to YouTube and watch my uh, top, oh, what did I even call it? It was my, my top Wii games. I made like a top 10 list of my favorite Wii games. Then Trauma Center is on there. There's reasons for that. But go ahead and watch. Go back to that video. YouTube, search Heine House, and uh, take, a, take a look at that. 
great video. Still working on that light gun uh, video. It's only been three or four years. No, don't worry. Just keep waiting. It's coming. <laughs> July 3rd, 1992, Prince of Persia on Super Nintendo was released. 2003, Auto Modelista on GameCube in Japan. This is a really, really fascinating game if you haven't played it. It is a Capcom uh, developed game, and it's all cell shaded, and it's a racing game. Now we have lots of cell shaded other genres of games, but racing games, not too often. It's a very unique style, uh, and you should definitely play it. From what I remember when it came out, it didn't make a big splash. People really weren't into it. Either they couldn't understand the art style, weren't into that, or maybe it was the controls. I remember the controls being really, really difficult, something you had to overcome. And I think a lot of people chose not to overcome them, just kind of be like, eh, whatever. But still, a great game. I believe it was Capcom. Yeah, I think it was Capcom. Correct me if I'm wrong in Discord. Let me know. I think it's Capcom. But yeah, great game. I have that on PS2. Um, yeah, but it was on PS2, GameCube, I believe Xbox in that era as well. 2008. Oh, I should have brought it. Ah, damn, I should have brought it out. Uh, big shout out to my friend Chris Sanderson. I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he listens to the show or if he's even in Discord, but I know I have him as a friend on Facebook. Shout out to him. Initial D Extreme Stage PS3 in Japan was released. And a long time ago on All Gen Gamers, I talked, we had like an episode about racing games and I went, I went hard in the paint, dude. You know racing, I can, I can talk about that. And we were talking about Initial D. And I think we were talking about Initial D in the arcade. And we were just gushing over, going crazy. And I got a message from the homie Chris, and he was like, hey, Jay, I've got this game. I want to send it to you. And how generous, how nice of him. And I'm like, thank you. Like, fantastic. He sent it from Japan and sent it over. Or actually, no, he lives he lives in Europe, I believe. And he imported it from Japan. He lives in Europe, but he sent it to me. Um, so it's, you know, we both imported it. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Um, so he sent it to me and yeah, it's fantastic. What a great game. It has the license in there. It has a little keychain like for your keys to hang on. So cool. I should have brought it out. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll go get it after bring it out. Very, very cool stuff. Um, so thank you, Chris. Again, I haven't forgot about that. And in fact, when my cousin Justin was in town this last time, we popped it in. Oh no, last year when he was down, we popped it in, played it. We were using Google Translate, dude. Like he had his phone up. He was looking at the screen and we had it up and we were translating everything. Dude, Fucking technology, bro. Fucking technology. You gotta love it. That was in 2008. Okay, 2013. MK Complete Collection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, uh, 2013, that was on PC. That did make the rounds, though, on consoles. So it was very, very cool. That's a great game, you know? And it's, it's, uh, I remember, ooh, when it first came out, it was really laggy online. Do you guys remember that? Oh, man, it was really frustrating. I was trying to play MK2. But it was like super laggy ah, and it was kind of game breaking but uh, i think they fixed it in the end they got it working a great a great game if you want to get all the old school mks july 4th happy independence day united states on july 4th in 1984 donkey kong 3 on nes in japan was released what other game can you pick to celebrate <laughs> United States of America's independence than celebrating on releasing your game on July 4th. How about in 2003, if you decided to release your game, that game may have been called Charlie's Angels. 
on PS2. <laughs> what fuck? <laughs> How about 2012? Fantasy Star Online 2 on PC in Japan was released on Independence Day. July 5th, 1987. Oh my gosh. Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards on PC was released. That's what, 32 years ago? Yeah, something like that. Oh. Wow, Aulo, good stuff. He's such a great guy. We actually had him on All Gen Gamers podcast many, many moons ago. What a great guy. It was really awesome to uh, to connect with him. You know, maybe I'll reach out to him again. I have his contact. Maybe I'll ask him to see if he wants to come on and talk about Leisure Suit. What a great game. Uh, a few years later, 1996, Nights into Dreams on Saturn in Japan was released. Remember that game that came with the uh, Saturn, what do they call it? The 3D controller? I think it was called the 3D, Saturn 3D analog controller or something like that. I have a few of them. It's got the analog stick that was designed specifically to kind of cruise around in that game. Great game. 2002, Soul Calibur 2 in the arcade in Japan. Soul Calibur 2. Very iconic fighting game. It's been around forever. Still played and loved to this day. Love it. Moving on to the next day, July 6th, 1990. Superstar Soldier on TurboGrafx-16 in Japan was released. I put this one on here because, first of all, TurboGrafx-16. And, you know, TurboGrafx didn't do all that well here in the United States because the Nintendo was here ruling everything. Um, and so it was a shame. We didn't get to play a lot of the TurboGrafx games at that time. I definitely wasn't. I didn't even hear about it. I didn't even know about it. But I put, I put Superstar Soldier on here because that game, if you guys remember, when the Wii Shop, or, yeah, when the Wii Shop channel launched, um, what was it, like six months after the Wii was released, something like that, one of the first games they released on the Wii Shop channel, this was the birth of buying like these games digital, at least on Nintendo consoles it was. One of the first games they released on there I think it was only two or three. Superstar Soldier. And I remember I bought it just because I'm like, holy shit. I've, I've like never played uh, a Neo Geo game and I want to play it. So it was way cool. Way cool. Oh, Wii Shop Channel. Rest in peace. We miss you. We miss you, man. 2001 Breath of Fire on Game Boy Advance in Japan was released. 2016. This is the day that's going to be remaining. Um, it should be like someone should make it into a holiday. 2016 Pokemon Go on mobile was released. <laughs> Pokemans, Pokemans. 2018 Night Trap, the 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary edition on Switch was released. That is the game that I still need to get. I do not have. I think Limited Run did that one, correct? I think so. Yeah. I gotta pick that up. Moving on to the last day, July 7th. We worked our way through the week. Well, I'm excited. I wonder what games are released on my birthday. My birthday is the 13th, July 13th. So we shall see. Uh, that will be next week. July 7th, 1993, Samurai Showdown in the arcade in Japan. That's a great one, too. I remember playing that for the first time in my same, the same arcade I always talk about. The arcade called Games People Play off the grimy, shitty 82nd Avenue down there in, in uh, Clackamas. But I remember um, playing it for the first time and had um, 
Neo Geo, it had or Neo Geo. It was a Neo Geo cabinet. It was a it was a four or three cartridge cabinet. I think it was a three because it had uh, Bust a Move. Yeah, it had Bust a Move, Samurai Showdown One, and Metal Slug, the first Metal Slug in there. And I remember I, that cabinet actually got a lot of play for me because Metal Slug won. And then it's the Samurai Showdown. I wanted to try it. I was like, oh, wow. And it was kind of like, you know, you hit him with the sword, like kind of, you saw like the blood, the red, like, whoosh, like it was actually it was pretty cool. Animation style, amazing. Loved it. I, that really stood out. This, to, even to this day, you know, it's, it sticks with you. You're like, that's a memory that just pops out every time I hear Samurai Showdown. What a great game. In 1987, Metal Gear on the MSX in Japan was released. And I wrote a little brief history about the MSX that we'll talk about after this segment. But uh, yeah, really, really fascinating console there that not a lot of people know about. Um, we'll talk, I have some more context on that. We'll talk about it after this. 2008 Unreal Tournament 3 on 360 was released. Hey, hey. Unreal Tournament, what'd you say? Holy shit. Exactly, don't get triggered, boy. And finally, July 7th, the very last game on my list. In 2015, this is another another game that blew up. It's still popular to this day. Rocket League on PC and PS4 was released on July 7th, 2015. When that game, before the game came out, and I think a lot of people played this too, they released a free demo of it on PS4. You guys remember that? And it was actually one of the very one of the very first games I played on my PS4, to be honest. And um, yeah, I played it. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. Thought it was cool. It didn't like. I didn't really attach to it as much as a lot of people did. I think it's because I didn't play it with anyone. I went in there solo, and that's kind of a shit fest. You kind of have to group up and and get in there with some co-op, really handle shit. But yeah, man, Rocket League. It's like RC cars and soccer or football, wherever you're from. Uh, what a great game. A huge esports game. Still played in esports to this day. Probably will forever. Fantastic. Okay. Um, just a little brief context. I'm taking, taking a little cues here uh, from uh, fucking uh, member and John used to do gaming piece theater back in the day. Good stuff. Always love that. Uh, but the MSX, we're talking about the MSX real quick. Um, I made some notes to make sure I didn't get anything wrong here because I'm, you know, I'm known for that. <laughs> Notorious for that. Uh, MX, MSX is a home computer. Uh, it was announced by Microsoft June 16, 1983. So a very early... Now, computing had been around in the 70s, but in the 80s is kind of when it started to come into its own and then hit um, consumer markets around, you know, the 80s. Mid, I guess, early, mid, and then for sure in the late 80s and then 90s it exploded, but... Um, so this is a very, very early rendition of that. It was conceived and marketed by the vice president at Microsoft Japan at the time and the director of the American Standard Code for Information, ASCII is also. You may have seen that before. You've you probably seen that logo before. Um, there, it's, it's like a standardization for code and computing, and so you can look them up too if you want information on that. But they collaborated to come up with some sort of architecture that was unified across uh, programs and hardware. So they were trying to standardize computing. This is really cool. Guys, this is the early days of computing. This is like how it all came to be. It's so cool. Um, so uh, the MSX, uh, it was really popular in Japan. 
so it definitely took off there and it didn't really make it out of japan too much i mean there were several other countries i think europe saw it because europe's closer to japan but it didn't really make it over here to the states we did not see it. i've never seen one to be honest i mean i have now but up until i don't know start before i started even going to conventions i never saw one um in the end about five million or so msx based units were sold in japan alone so that's that's a pretty big number for a computer an early computer it's pretty good um and even despite microsoft's best efforts and involvement it didn't really like i said didn't really make it over here to the u.s um before the huge success of nintendo uh their family computer their famicom um that once the famicom hit that pretty much changed everything and everywhere you were whether you're in japan or the famicom in the, in the states the u.s europe wherever else it basically changed the world <laughs> for for video gaming and you can also read about that about you know the video game crash of 83 and go into all that if you really wanted to but before the nintendo hit the scene this was a primary platform for people to develop games for and as my list showed earlier in uh the bah, 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 1987 metal gear was developed on the msx first before it was even ported over to any of these other consoles and then you know moved over to a uh, uh, nintendo which was a really great game too I mean, the franchise lives on, right? So it had to have done something good. So, but yeah, it was a, uh, the MSX was a major contender back in the day and a, a system that a lot of people had primarily in Japan, but uh, even studios like Konami and Hudson Soft produced video games for the MSX first. They were doing it there first because it was there first. So cool. So, hey, MSX, pretty cool. I do not own one. I've never owned one. I've never played one. But um, I'm sure I, I'm sure I have some listeners here that own one or have played it or you know if there's any context uh, surrounding the MSX I would love to hear feedback I would love to know a little bit more about it if uh, how you program it did it come with a disk drive was that an addition it was a it was a floppy disk at the time so uh, did you have to install that way was it DOS based I think with Microsoft involvement it may be DOS based right I don't know but uh, get at us in Discord and uh, you know. Let me know if there's anything there I should know. That is this week in gaming history. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah I got my iced coffee here. Going, going down real smooth. Okay. We're going to move on to some gaming news. Nintendo, our good friends, the big N, opening up a second store. A second store? Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. It's only been 14 years since they opened their first store in New York City in 2005. Bruh. Nintendo has finally opened a second store in Israel. Very cool. They're also planning one in Tokyo later in the year. I think that's great. Nintendo needs to be opening up. Honestly, think about this. Their franchise, their franchises, their systems, their history, the name, the brand, the plushies, the merch, the games. Dude, why don't you have stores open in every fucking strip mall, mall, state, city, town, block? Why aren't you everywhere? Honestly, people want to throw you their money straight up. And I thought about this when we were writing this article. Here's what I propose. 
I'm not trying to get you triggered, okay? I'm not trying to upset anyone. But here's what I propose. Let me know if you agree. Let, let, let me know what you think of this idea. Shut down all the GameStops. Get rid of them. Just cut bait. Get them out of there. And every, every place that is a GameStop, convert it to a Nintendo store. Yeah, think about that for a second. And not only that, then to expand. Like, there's your storefront. I mean, GameStop is doing so terrible. Their stock is falling. They're, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's terrible. And we always know that. We know it's terrible. It's been terrible. You know? And mad, and first of all, mad love and mad respect to all the employees, <clears throat> the good employees, that really take care of the customer, that go to work every day. They're just trying to fucking grind and make a living and make an earning to pay for them themselves their families their kids you know they're trying to make a living and an earning shout out to them for dealing with the general public which in most cases is completely fucked i've worked retail i understand i know you know so shout out to you guys and gals for going out there and putting on a smile and trying to do the best you can i have absolute respect for you guys it's the company i don't really care for and their practices they're kind of just they're kind of just fucky right so um, you know, that's, so shout out to you guys, mad love. Hopefully you can have a good weekend here soon. Get through the day, but that's my proposal. Let's, let's take all the game stops. <laughs> now I feel bad. I don't want, I don't want you all to lose your jobs, <laughs> but, but I'm not, Hey, this is, this is not my rules, right? I mean, it may happen anyway. And that's, it may happen anyway. The company's not doing that great. I, w I would keep your options open if I were you. That's all I'm going to say. Keep your options open. Um, but yeah, anyway, Nintendo, sorry. Nintendo opened up uh, some new stores and they're planning to do more, but I think they should really expand. I think they should open up more stores everywhere. I think, think about it. You could walk into a Nintendo store and it would be like a GameStop. It would be completely full of just like every Switch game, every physical or even digital Switch game. It would have uh, all the plushies. It would have merch, posters, consoles you could have retro stuff like a, a clothing section for retro shit exclusive stuff only sold in oh my god what a this is a fucking missed opportunity nintendo you need to do this shit come on shit i may shop there a lot i i may venture out of the house i may see the sun ah no the sun what is that speaking of nintendo the wii u gets a firmware update what Wait, what? 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 Yeah. The Wii U got a firmware update. Then Stephanie found this and she's like, uh, the Wii U got an update. And the first thing I said was hackers. <laughs> hackers. This is to patch some sort of security flaw because of the hackers. Um, but in fact, we don't know. And even if it was, they don't say that. They try not to. They try to keep that on the download. But but still, they're supporting the, the Wii U. They're putting out updates. And maybe it was just for, you know, stability or whatever. Security. It's version 5.5.4, released June 24th. And here's what they say about it. Improves stability and makes various other minor adjustments to enhance your experience. Blah, 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 blah. All the generic shit that every update says. That, that, that description is the generic bullet point of what every update has to say. When they don't want to tell you what the update's for. <laughs> Just so you know. That's that's what that is. Um, which kind of blows me away. Like, 
Oh, are you still using the Wii U? Are you still playing the Wii U? And if you are, what are you playing on it? What what is the what exclusive game or or why are you playing that right now today? I think that would be a great console to hack and mod. To be honest, you've got the screen there. Sure, it kind of looks like a Fisher Price toy, but you have the the gamepad. It's touchscreen. You can use it. You've got the console. It's got some USB ports on it. It's pretty powerful. I'm sure it could run some some homebrew stuff. Like I'm I'm thinking that that would be a great console to mod. Have you modded your Wii U? Have you done any of that? We haven't plugged ours in in years. I, I mean, I'm sure it needs at least two or three updates that we haven't done. So I don't know, man. Get get at get at me. Let me know. Let the community know. What do we need to know? Yeah, we got some Nintendo news on here. Something, you know, Super Mario Maker 2 was recently released, and everyone's going uh, apeshit over that. A Donkey Kong joke. Good stuff, though. The game is fantastic from what people are saying. We haven't played it yet. We don't own it yet, but we'll get it eventually. You know, remember I talked about this. I wasn't into it. I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to buy this game. I'm not into it. Then I watched the, like, 20-minute preview of it. I'm like, bruh. I'm interested in that one. And then Reggie called me up and he was like, what's wrong with you? And I said, I'm sorry, Reg. I was just, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, there was a glitch that was found recently in the game. And it was discovered by Twitch streamer Captain MK. The bug is triggered when a player character is facing the screen, holding an item while simultaneously landing on a Yoshi and a fire flower at the same time. You have to do that exactly. And when you do... The game will crash, forces you to restart the software. Uh, yeah, and you know what's really funny? Now, usually, uh, in, in like speedruns and other things, you'll hear terms called soft lock. A lot, of, a lot of us know what that is, but if you don't, it's basically when something happens with the console, it creates an error, and that error cannot be resolved, and so the console, the software doesn't know what to do, and so it just basically shuts down uh, or and or in this case freezes. And that's why that comes with the Tom, the, the Tom, the term soft lock. So I can't seem to use my words today. Mayor cannot use words right today. So whenever something like that happens, it will soft lock and you have to physically either power it down or just reset the software. And so this is what this glitch is. It's basically a soft lock. Um, yeah, really fascinating. And it's it's on uh, on Twitch and Avod if you want to check it out. Captain MK is the Twitch streamer name, so shout out to him. And uh, go check that out, see if you can do it. You know, usually what happens is this stuff gets found and then Nintendo will release a patch. You know, once once they find it, they can't find everything. It's really funny. You know, they hire game testers and stuff to play games and find stuff. Re reality is you cannot find all the bugs in your game. But you know what's funny? You want to find your bugs in your games. Fucking hire speedrunners. <laughs> hire speedrunners to break your shit. Because I swear, man, they will absolutely break it. And speaking of speedrunners, uh, Summer Games Done Quick happened last week. And I know people were writing to me like, Jay, you're hashtag summer, you big moron. How did you forget about Summer Games Done Quick going on? I'm so sorry. I love Summer Games Done Quick and Winter Games Done Quick. Just in general, love it. Speedrunning for a great cause. They raise money to fight cancer, give to charity. It's unbelievable. The best and the best all over the world go out to this show to participate 
to be a part of it, to cheer on. Millions and millions of people watch all over the world. It's such a great cause. Look up Summer Games Done Quick if you haven't heard of this. This is something that Stephanie and I love to watch every time it's on. We pop it up on, on Twitch. We just watch it. It's so fun. And what a great cause. to feel You feel so warm. It actually... It's one of the few events that make me feel really, really good to be a gamer and to be involved with this because everyone comes together. They're so positive. They, it's, they're all working together. It's just really, really incredible. And, and being a tech person, I can't imagine the enormous amount of stress that goes through producing a show like that. So I just want to take a moment, and I obviously want to give credit to all the people who speedrun and play and go out and support and, and donate and give money to the charity for a great cause. But really, a shout-out needs to be given to the tech team, to the volunteers, to the people behind the scenes, to the people you do not see, to the people running cable and connecting cables, setting up consoles, monitors, projectors. There is There's probably teams, there's probably a huge team of people that are stressing and working hard and dealing with troubleshooting and issues i can't i can't imagine the the mound of stress that involves and every year it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh so more and more has to be put on the shoulders of all these people so extreme talent to put that to make that show fly congratulations to all of them not only that this year the summer games done quick they raised just over okay Hold on to your seats. Are you guys sitting? Sit down. If you're standing, if you're in line getting an ice cream or something, sit the fuck down for a second. They raised over $3 million for charity this year. The largest in Games Done Quick history. Round of applause. Holy shit. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. What a cause. And it makes me feel really good to be a gamer. So congratulations to Games Done Quick and to all of us as gamers. We're actually doing something very, very good there. Moving on, Final Fantasy live-action TV series. We've talked about this before. We've brought this up. Man, we're going to start seeing more and more TV shows. It's going to happen. Uh, now, there has been a few animated features previously, uh, but Sony and Square Enix, Squeenix, They've teamed up to create this live action series. This ought to be really good, to be honest. Um, it's going to center on the original story set in the world of Eorzea. Ezria? It's pronounced Eorzea. Eor. What is it? Eorzea. Why can't they name it like. Why can't they. Why are they going to have all these fucked up names for their towns and shit, Steph? Why can't they name it something that, like, normal people can pronounce? Why can't they name it like Blue Lake? I want it like Blue Lake. I can I, that can get down with that. First introduced in online Final Fantasy fourteen, which by the way, hi Steph, she's been playing the shit out of it by the way, <laughs> and she loves it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you just need you just need to like quit your job and play it full time though, right? That's yeah, that's the that's the job, job keeps getting in the way. Job keeps getting in the way. So yeah. Yeah, we need help there. Uh, but this, yeah, this ought to be pretty cool. Um, there's really not much information that's been released about it just yet, but uh, the rumors are flying around. Uh, the struggle between magic and technology in a quest to bring place, oh, to bring peace to a land in conflict. Dun, 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 dun. 
Fun fact. Ding, 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 ding. Fun fact. Since its debut in 87, the Final Fantasy franchise has sold more than 144 million copies globally. Making that one of the most successful series in gaming, hands down. Woo! Yeah, so doing a live-action series definitely makes sense. Very, very popular. And my, my two cents on that, if there is a more iconic video game name out there, please let me know of it in Discord. And what I mean by that is, well, or ironic, really, ironic, mostly. Was it its Final Fantasy? No. How many Final Fantasies are there? Harold! Harold! I want to watch my Final Fantasy, but I can't because the Wi-Fi. Harold! How do I connect this Wi-Fi? Harold is Final Fantasy. It will be the finalest fantasy of them all, Harold. How do I watch it, Harold? The Wi-Fi says it's connected, but it's not connected, Harold. Google Stadia is not going to be cheaper, by the way. Stadia boss Phil Harrison claimed the games on Stadia will be will not be cheaper than on PS4 or Xbox counterparts. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Listen up, folks. Hey, newsflash. Here's another reminder. You're not going to own these games. They're one, digital. And two, well, I mean, you can own digital. But two, they're going to be like rental. And three, subscription. And four, when you don't pay for your subscription, the games go away. So remember all that, okay? Just a little FYI. So the fact that you're going to be streaming these games, buying these games and streaming these games, they're going to cost just as much as buying the physical copy or the digital counterpart on these consoles. <laughs> Bruh. That's just a shit deal. I'm sorry. That's just a shit deal. He states, quote, the value... Okay, this ought to be good. This value you get from the game on Stadia means you can play it on any screen in your life. TV, PC, laptop, tablet, phone. In theory, Stadia version of the game is going to be the highest possible quality of innovation and sophistication on the game engine side. That's what he says, end quote. Oh, fuck. And I get what he's saying. All of the, all of the heavy lifting is done on their end. And they're just sending you a downstream or an upstream of the video game that you can play on anything. And I think that's actually great. I think if I want to be able to play the new Final Fantasy on my PC, on my TV, on my iPad, on my Android phone, on my wherever, on my Chrome browser, for fuck's sake, a, a laptop that's not even not even a laptop, it's a Chromebook that's not supposed to game at all. I see the value in that. I see how great that is. But here's the thing, man. You're going to pay 60 bucks for the fucking game and then you'll be able to stream it and play and then I don't know. Then you then you don't like you want to be done with your subscription and you can't play it ever again. I mean, what's the question? Like, is it tied? It has to be tied to your account. So where you if you subscribe back again, you'll have access to that game again. That that makes sense. I can't imagine they have you to rebuy it. But what do I know? It's kind of a bum deal. I don't know. I'm I'm not. I, I see the innovation and sophistication. I see all. I see what he's talking about, but I'm not really sold on this. I'm not really sold on this, and I don't. I don't actually think 
it's going to be cost effective or great for parents who are thinking this is going to be cheaper as opposed to just buying them an Xbox or PS4 or whatever. I don't think it is because like little Billy's going to come in there and be like, okay, uh, I paid a hunt, which is 120. Uh, oh no, Founders Edition, $130 for the Founders Edition it comes with the the uh, controller, the station, and uh, access. Uh, limited edition order gets you access in November. Limited edition controller, a Chromecast Ultra streaming device in three months of Stadia Pro um, will come with it. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be cheaper for, I mean, dude, if you tack on a $60 game, you're at 200 bucks right there. You're at 200 bucks. You might as well go buy a fucking console. Go buy an Xbox, which is far superior. Or a PlayStation 4, which is far superior. I mean, straight up, if that's your budget, I don't know. It doesn't make, doesn't really make sense. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if parents are going to get duped into this because I, this is really not, this is definitely not for hardcore gamers. And that's fine. There's, there's a huge casual market. I, I get that. I understand that. I just don't, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's cost effective. Um, in 2020, the base tier will be free for any game you purchase via Stadia up to 1080p, 60 frames in stereo, 10 megabits a second. Um, that's what you need to have in order for it to work. While the $10 monthly Stadia Pro tier gets you 4K 60p HDR quality at 35 megabits down. So you need your internet to be 35. Uh, with 5.1 surround sound, free games added to your library and discounts. Okay, so it is your library. So that's how they're branding it. They're branding it as you want 1080p 60. That's that's this. You want 4K HDR. Da, 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 you want that. You need 35. So they're just basically paying. You're paying for the uh, the compression of how much compression you want and how what quality you want. So you basically purchase the game and then you get the service. That works for free if you want 1080 60. I think their numbers there, just just quick, like these are just my thoughts quickly on this. I know they've done heavy testing on the bandwidth. I think that's I, I, I don't think that's for everyone. I always up that. So just to be on the safe side. Like don't go into it thinking, well, if I just get 10 megabits down, I'll be able to I'll be able to play. No, bro. Like you need to get like the, the the 50 down package and then hopefully you get 10 because you know how it is. Our internet service provider says, well, we'll give you 300 down. On any given time, it's like at 150, you know, on a very good day. Like the day he comes out to install it and test it, it's like 320. Wow, that's amazing. I've never seen it so so much before. The second he walks out the door, that fucking shit tanks to 100. You're like, that's just the way it is. So... Just be careful. A lot of people know about that on the internet, but in case you don't, just just be cautious. And if they say you need 35 download for that, you bet your ass you need at least 60. Just make sure you got that. Some real cool stuff with our good old friends at Good Old Games. GOG Galaxy 2.0. We talked a little bit about this before, but we have some more information, and this is very, very exciting. Uh... Galaxy 2.0 is basically a launcher and um, program. It's like an interface. Uh, it allows you to combine all of your downloaded digital games. Origin, Blizzard, Battle, Steam, Uplay, whatever else. 
combine all those games and those accounts into one launcher. This is really, really smart, and I'm all for this. And I love these guys at Good Old Games, so I support anything that they do. Um, they want to bring it all into a single interface, bringing your whole game collection together. You can see all the digital games that you own under one platform. Currently, it's in closed beta. You can go check that out. Just go search uh, Galaxy 2.0 in your good old Google A search. Um, now, connecting to the other platforms is as easy as selecting connect platforms, and then you can link them all together. This is really, really cool. Um, it has official integrations, community integrations, so it's community-driven and supported. This is so fucking smart. I'm so happy for this. So for now, um, right now, only uh, the Galaxy and Xbox Live are officially integrated, while Battle.net, Epic, Origin, PS Network, Steam, and Uplay are currently um, only available as community-created integrations. So the community has taken part to try to get this going, and it will all be working at some point down the road but you really should invest in this and check this out i don't mean like invest like pay money like just go check it out download it support it um and give them your give them your love and support um very very cool hardest part will probably be you know remembering the different logins for all of your your different launchers that's always the big issue right you have all these fucking launchers to play these games that's always the big problem and i think we not only have launcher overload, but, you know, it's, it's a big issue. So this is nice to kind of integrate them. You know, Discord has tried this a little bit. Discord has tried this, and their stuff is, is pretty functional, too. Um, although I don't use it, uh, they do have some sort of integrations like that where you can uh, launch games and even buy games in there and play. Um, so here's the thing, though. There's one drawback that I don't really think it can be. I don't really think you can overcome this. I don't really think there's any way to do it. Because if you have, let's just say I'm launching Battlefield 4 in Origin, and I do it through Galaxy, it has to then launch Origin and authenticate the game, authenticate my account, authenticate the game, make sure it's downloaded and ready to go, and then launch it. There's really no way for it to do that without launching Origin. So it's kind of like... Uh, you know, it's almost like this daisy chain type system where everything's kind of piggyback together. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that there's really, I don't think there's any way for it to launch a game that doesn't involve launching its original launcher, if that makes sense. So I think we're, in a, we're taking the steps in the right direction. I think this is great, fantastic. Um, but if we could get it to where we could launch these games and have them just be in one spot without launching all these extra, like, okay, all right, God, all right, Galaxy, launch Battlefield. Well, now I have two launchers going. I don't know. It's you know it, that's kind of shitty, but I mean, to have to actually to know your entire collection, your digital collection of all your launchers and games in one place, that right there may be just worth it in a nutshell. But what is actually really worth it is the cross-platform chat. What? Yes, this is totally rad. So what they're doing is they're having it to where every account that you link. You can chat, cross-platform chat. So people on Steam can chat with people on Uplay, or Uplay can chat with people on the Xbox, or PSN can talk with Steam. Like, what? Like, the chat is like a chat relay. All right, I'm all for that. You know, and Steam does offer the ability to add non-Steam library games. They've had that for a long time. And that does work. It does work pretty well. 
they kind of hide it. You know, they, they, they'd rather you not do that. But they had that feature because back in the day, in the early 2000s and mid 2000s, you know, we were still buying digital wasn't around. We weren't buying digital games. We had to go to a local store and buy a physical game and install it off the disc. Um, so when Steam came out and had that ability, what they were thinking was you would install your game, physical game in the computer. Once it's installed, you would then add the EXE to Steam, and then it would pop up as a little icon in your library. They were very early on trying to get all of your library into their ecosystem to start. So they've been thinking about this from the very beginning, uh, and it does work. It's nice. I do use that feature, or used to anyway. I mean, I don't use it too much, but it's there. So, hey, good good job, good old games. Good old friends at good old games. I'm all for it. Tetris 99 is coming to mobile. Tetris company trying to do a little double dipping. A little dip dip potato chip. Dip dip potato chip. On the success of the amazing Tetris 99, we're going mobile, bitches. I mean, come on now. They created Tetris Royale. The game on Switch that we didn't know we wanted and really want. Uh, they're working with mobile developer N3... N3 Torque? <laughs> it's, it's N3 Network is, I think, the name of it. But their, their logo is the letter N, the number 3, and then T-W-O-R-K. N3 Torque? <laughs> That's clever. Okay, I butchered it. I know what I'm saying. These are my words. So, again, they're going mobile. 100 players instead of 99. One more makes it better, right? Sure does. Um, to be honest, I'm really skeptical. I like playing Tetris on pretty much everything. But you need a fucking D-pad. You really need a D-pad. And I know touch controls are probably great. And they're like right there. I need, I need, that, I need that click feedback, man. I need it. So playing it on mobile, maybe a nice quick hit, you know, time killer. You're waiting at the airport, waiting for your flight or something. Maybe you're taking a shit, you know, you got a massive dump. You got a, you know, a Taco Bell dump that's happening. You're going to be in there for about 15 minutes. Be a good time waster. But, uh, oh, Steph, she said like, you know, dropping deuces, like dropping blocks. Uh, let's give a round of applause for that one. Come on. Yeah. Where's that? Yeah, oof. Nice one, Steph. <laughs> See, I got a little giggle on my dump talk, and then she, she jumped right in. She jumped right into the toilet with me. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, I'm skeptical about that. I need a D-pad. I need that feedback. And, um, yeah, I mean, Tetris, honestly, Tetris has been on pretty much every platform ever made. And now mobile, for sure. Um, it's going to launch on iPhone and Android devices as well as iPad uh, with a beta set to take place later in the year. No pricing details on that just yet. Hey, are you, wanna sp are you wanting to spend some money, Bill? I absolutely am, Jan. Well, then today you can come and join us for Twitch and Amazon Prime Day. 
yay! Amazon Prime and Twitch are doing something that I actually think is kind of cool. I'm sort of hyped for. July 15th and the 16th, they're going to be doing a QVC-style event on Twitch. They're going to be broadcasting from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Twitch streamers showcasing those Amazon Prime Day deals <laughs> that are specifically interesting to like the Twitch community or gamers and whatnot. It's going to be kind of curated towards that. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm super hyped for this. And it talks about that they may even be showcasing some uh, other different items as well. Um, Twitch hasn't announced what stars they're going to be having on there or what, uh, you know, what celebrities they're going to be having coming through there. But uh, it should be, should be a lot of fun. A full list of hosts who have agreed, you know, to a sellout will be announced July 10th. Oh, zinger! <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm just upset because I didn't get invited. That's all it is. Hey, man, you know, invite... Fuck it. Invite me to the show and let, let me sell your product. I will sell your product so, so well. <clears throat> Welcome to Twitch and Amazon Prime Day. We have this beautiful Corsair keyboard here. Tell us a little bit about it, Jason. Well, it's fantastic. Let me tell you the buttons on it. As you can see, when you press them with a finger, they depress. They click down. They click down nice. And these are nice red cherry switches with a nice haptic feedback. Clickaroo, boys. Clickaroo. On the top, as you can see, it says Corsair. That is the brand of the keyboard. It's fantastic. And also features a really high-speed connection. USB 3.1. That stands for Universal Serial Bus. It's a two-way communication. The keyboard, it can do so much. Scratch your back wipe your ass it's Corsier. thank you thank you thank you see come on hire me bring me in i can sell your shit we can do it we can do it but i am kind of hyped for that that should be fun speaking of sales it is kind of like the the sale the sale of the century yeah it's summertime and you know that that means everything's going on sale Steam is having their summer sale right now. I was super hyped because I saw it and it had like cars at the top. I was like, oh my God, racing games. It doesn't have anything to do with racing. It doesn't have shit to do with racing games. In fact, I had to dig really deep to find the racing game section. Fuck, man. I think 2014 was my favorite Steam summer sale. Was that, that was the one with the robot and you click. You click to kill it, right? The RPG. That one was awesome, and it had incredible music. I did a drum cover of it. I loved it so much. You want to hear that drum cover? It's on my website. Go to the music section. Scroll down. You'll find it. It's in there. It's also on Bandcamp. But yeah, man, lots of fun. Lots of fun. Um, yeah, so their thing is called a Grand Prix promotion. It gives participants a chance at free games if they complete certain daily quests on the platform. And this is common. They've done this with every Steam sale. They want you to engage with the platform, do certain things, and then you get rewarded with, you know, the ability to be entered to win games and things like that. So what happened, though, they weren't very clear with how they went about this. And so they pissed off a lot of developers because what's happening is they said, put your top three games in your wish list. Like, make sure your wish list is on point because we're going to pick your top three games for a, for a chance for you to win those, right? So what happened after that 
was everyone went to their wish list and obviously filtered, moved the games to the top that they wanted the most. And then they ended up deleting like a huge chunk of their wish list games, thinking that, well, I don't even want these in here. I want only the three games that I want to win. So they got rid of a whole bunch. Well, if you're a developer, you can see how many people have wish listed your game. Evidently, I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't have a game. Um, I don't see the back end of that uh, on the game. So I didn't know that. Developers were like, uh, "Yeah, we just lost like 1,500 wish lists in a hour here. What the fuck's going on?" And uh, well, it was this the Steam sale that that they said. So it kind of pissed off. Um, a lot of developers. Uh, no more robots. Director Mike Rose did say that we lost fifteen hundred wish lists, and uh, yeah, just in the first day here. But uh, very rare are saying that they see an increase in the wish list activity. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of extreme. So yeah, they you know it's tough. They're trying to make it so where you know. Uh, Get your wish list in order and we'll we'll send you some games, you know, but uh, uh, it didn't seem to work out right for everyone. But, uh, you know, on a side note, fanatical.com, which is a site that we've used in the past to get some games. They have a big sale going on as well. Um, lots of great sales. They have some deep, deep discounts on stuff. Um, yeah, really, really cool stuff. I bought uh, they have packs. Uh, fanatical.com has like game packs where you can buy like the mystery pack or the RPG pack or the racing pack or, you know, uh, the mystery pack. Uh, it's called the uh, mystery machine. Uh, we have on here and you can purchase it. You can pay six ninety nine for it and it has 10 mystery games and you can reveal these, um, steam keys. You can upload them and, and uh, import them into your steam or wherever the games are, which is pretty cool. So that's a great, uh, that's a great site. I do like that site a lot. Fanatical. dot com. Fanatical.com. All right, that's it for gaming news. We got some tech stuff. Hey! Yeah. Not a whole lot of tech stuff going on, but there's a few few bullet points I want to talk about. Um, Apple's in the news, not because they, uh, you know, introduced a new computer anymore. It's because they bought a self-driving startup company. That was about to go under, which is really interesting to me. Uh, okay, let's talk about let's talk about the article here. Drive.ai, which I've heard of before, uh, was a self-driving startup company that was founded in 2015. You see, it's very new uh, by machine learning researchers from Stanford, and has been running a ride-hailing service with its autonomous shuttles in Texas currently. Okay. Um, the company evidently was about to go under and do a mass layoff, but Apple swooped in and bought the company out outright. And uh, with that, I hope it prevents the layoffs and everyone can keep their jobs. That's the most important thing. Um, in January, Apple did, however, cut over 200 employees from its car project that was known as Project Titan. Uh, internally, the cuts were billed as a restructuring. That is a fancy term in corporate America or corporate business of, uh, yeah, we cut all the people we didn't like. Sad but true. That's just what it is. Cut the people we, one, didn't like, two, weren't pulling their weight, <clears throat> and three, we need to get other people in here that can help us more. That's what it is. <clears throat> Um, 
So, but currently, uh, Apple is testing Lexus SUVs uh, on the streets in California. And the cars do have autonomous capabilities, and there is a safety driver behind the wheel. That is very common in the testing autonomous vehicle industry. I haven't really talked too much about it, and I, I actually cannot talk too much about it, so I won't. But I do, uh, I'm currently employed with an autonomous vehicle company, and um, I'm helping them test and bring autonomous vehicles to market. That's what I do with my normal job. Um, in a contract basis. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's very cool. So I find autonomous stuff very fascinating when I see that news come up. Um, and there's a lot of players in the game. There's Uber and there's Google with Waymo. You know, there's Apple. There's this uh, Drive AI. I don't know if it's going to be Apple branded or still Drive AI. But yeah, there's a lot of players. And there's, there's semi-truck industry. There's a bunch of people in town that are doing stuff and testing long-haul big rigs for autonomous uh, for shipping, there's a lot of stuff that's happening, and you know, I, I don't want to really want to talk too much about all of that per se, just because I can't really, you know, get real specific about my involvement with it. But uh, I do find it fascinating when I hear about the autonomous stuff. It is, it is coming sooner than we think, and um, uh, I do think that there's a lot of uh, pros and uh, definitely some cons with it, but I think there's more pros and benefits. It's all about safety and saving lives. That's really the goal of all of these autonomous companies is to be saving lives and bringing mobility and um, you know, helping out where they can. That's the goal anyway. Whether you see it that way, that's, that's up to you. Uh, I won't argue with you on that one. Uh, and finally here on tech news, so, if you remember, I tried to live stream last week. I had a bunch of tech issues. I had camera sync problems. I had camera dropouts, camera freezing. I had audio dropouts, audio sync issues. I had nothing but problems. And if, you've, if you're watching the live feed, if you're listening to the show, you can see that all that has been corrected. At least for now. Maybe I should even talk about this to trigger everything. But what I ended up doing is a complete teardown and rewire of everything. A uh, complete update of drivers, reinstallation of software, uh, just basically a complete overhaul. And I did this during the week where I was working full time. It was a lot of stuff to take on, you know, to do. But I was so frustrated and I was so pissed off with the fact that shit wasn't working right that it required me to take a step back and say, okay, let's tear this down. Let's reconfigure. Let's find the problem. Let's troubleshoot and fix this. And with that being said, I, I actually was like, this is a great opportunity to talk about uh, some of my personal techniques, some of my troubleshooting tips, and just some, some tips and info for anyone out there who may not be a complete troubleshooting geeky nerd like me, and you want kind of like a bare bones, broken down, maybe a solution to help you achieve troubleshooting and, and overcome problems, because this tech world, if you're streaming, if you're playing game, dude... Even if you're just trying to connect to the fucking mail server and check your email, you can have problems with Pop and IMAP and their servers and you know push and all this stuff. The list goes on and on. So if I can help in any way, I would like to. So I actually put together a little list of some of my troubleshooting techniques that I have learned over the years and even some things that I've come up with that, I don't know, they're probably known and everyone does them, but I, I have a certain way that I like to do it and call them. So let's talk about that. So... Because I had all these issues going on, you can fix individual issues like, oh, my um, my mixer isn't turning on. Well, let's just make sure to see if it's plugged in. 
You know, like little things like that you can troubleshoot and fix pretty easily. But when you start to have mounting issues that are like compacted together and like it's this, it's that, the computer locks up, this happens, this goes on, it sometimes requires you to actually break down your entire system and reconfigure. So when you're having tech and issues and you can't really pinpoint the issue, this is when this is acceptable that you pretty much have to do. And also, it's just a good idea to do once in a while because, well, here's the thing. If your system is working fine and nothing's wrong with it, it's perfect, peachy keen jelly bean, don't fuck with it. Don't touch it. Don't install new shit. Don't, don't even fucking, okay, I'm going against some of the rules here, some of the pros. Don't even update it. Just fucking leave it. If it's working and you're happy with it, it's functioning, leave it. Just leave it. Don't update it unless you have an issue, all right? Just don't do that. You should always update your security. You should always do security patches. But if it's just a functional, like, uh, if it's a, some new shit you can do with it, just, don't, just try not to update it. Just do your security stuff. Start from one point. All right, so here's my bullet points. Here are my tips. Start from one point. Don't get multiple points involved. I and I say this because I've been a uh, I've been known to jump in and go multiple areas. Start in one first. If you're having issues with your audio, start with your audio. I know I had audio and camera issues. I was I was trying to troubleshoot both at the same time. Don't do that. Try to work one by one. Fix the issue, then move on to the next thing. So that's tip number one. Start from one point. And uh, uh, step number two. From that point, work either forward or backward, step by step. Whether that's whether you're at the end of the signal chain or the signal flow, if you're at the end of it, work backwards. If you're at the front of it, work forwards. Just pick a point, then begin your your journey working in. Um, that's going to really help you declutter mentally to to be able to prepare to fix whatever you're trying to fix. Um, this is something that I call um, confirm and authenticate. Um, well, uh, confirm and continue is what I usually call it. But what you want to do is confirm and authenticate in a step-by-step -step process. So you want to confirm that you're having an issue. If you can replicate it, do so to confirm that it is an issue. Then, then, then you can continue to fix the issue because you know what the problem is. So uh, an example of this would be... Um, well, I'll, I'll put it back. I'll put it back to this mixer. I'll put it back to the mixer. So, my mixer isn't turning on. What's the issue? Let's confirm that it has no power. That step number one has no power. So, what am I going to check? Well, I'm going to check the power because that's that's step number one. Doesn't have power. So, check. Run to the cable. Is it plugged into the ground? I know this is really elementary and basic, but dude, let me tell you, the most basic troubleshooting will save your ass nine times out of 10 because it is usually the path of least resistance and it's going to be that simple little thing that you overlooked. It absolutely will be almost nine out of 10 times. So you confirm that there's no power, it doesn't work. You turn the on and off switch, doesn't work. All right, we're confirmed, no power. Let's check the cable. Go down the cable, is it plugged into the wall? Yes, it is. All right, it's plugged in. Is it connected to the mixer? Check the connection to the mixer. See what I'm doing? You're, you're taking step by step. You're following the path. All right. It's connected to the wall. It's plugged in. It's plugged in the mixer. The on-off switch. That is where it gets its power. That doesn't work. It's something else internally with the mixer. All right. 
Then we start looking at, is it another wall outlet? Try another wall outlet. Maybe that outlet is bad. Run an extension cord to another one on the other side of the house. Maybe check that, see if powers, then maybe it's with your house. You know, you can definitely do that. Before, before I even start saying, oh, I think it's the, the, power, the PCB or the power supply in this mixer, that fried. Before I even get to that point, I'm checking all the path of least resistance. Because it could be basically like, I didn't plug it in and turn it on. That simple, all right? Confirm and continue. That's my, that's my method. So like I did say, it's usually the path of least resistance uh, due to tech being either on or off. You know, software is the same way. Software is ones and zeros. It's either this or it's that. It's on or it's off. Hardware, it, even more so. It's on or it's off. It's, it's up or it's down. It's working, it's not working. So you can pretty much pinpoint troubleshoot issues when it comes to, comes to that there. Um, so um, with that being said, if you get to a point in your troubleshooting to where it's overwhelming and you have, you're having multiple issues, it requires a complete teardown and rewire. And it's really good to do. And that's exactly what I did here. I just, I unplugged everything from the computer. I plugged, unplugged everything over here. I, I just started to rewire and, and do it step by step, place by place, station by station, and just to make sure everything was connected right. Because, you know, things go funky, things go haywire. And also, you know, the software is fucked up. You, sometimes you just got to reinstall shit, get that working again. So um, I hope that was somewhat helpful. Super geeky. I know not everyone's going to be into that, um, but most people don't care. But if you do, if, if you're, you know, somebody who's, you know, tech inclined and gaming inclined, you know, a lot of us are, hopefully that helps. Just, again, remember to breathe and relax and take it step by step and uh, work step by step, one by one, start at one place, confirm and continue. Those are my troubleshooting steps that I really take on everything. Okay, um, so last week, our community hashtag event was hashtag summer. And uh, I talked about some summer memories. I got a lot of messages from you guys talking about how you had great summer memories as well and you enjoyed hearing mine. And so that was really inspiring. I'm glad of going and renting games and getting Little Caesars cheap shitty pizza and playing your two rented games all weekend. Ah, summer is a beautiful thing. Uh, and so here we are in July, living the dream. And so um, with we're going to hop into Discord and we're going to show off. Uh, I, think we, I think we only had one or two picks come through uh, for that. But we had a couple of people sh sharing some memories in there, which is really nice. Uh, that we'll show off here on on screen and uh so every week i like to do a hashtag community event in discord where it's just it's there's it's just really everyone having a conversation sharing pictures just having a good time if you choose to um the discord community is fantastic everyone in there is great a bunch of like-minded gamers and, and tech people and we just it's a good family 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 friendly fun most of the time <laughs> so if you want to get in discord and come chat with us please do don't hesitate come on in the water's really good honestly no one's going to look at your wiener or your boobs you know it's we everyone's wearing towels everything's fine you know you don't have to worry about that just go to my website heinyhouse.com scroll to the top and you'll see a little discord icon click that it's all you do works on your mobile your phones you know your uh, computers your tablets and join in on the podcast chat chat room. Um, so we uh, we did hashtag summer. Let me uh, go ahead and get my uh, mirroring program. I'll mirror my uh, my iPad, my iPad over there. 
And we'll start taking a look at some stuff here. Let's see. I got it up and running. There we are. Boom. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah. So there's episode 15 was last week. And um, the homie Luke here showing off some of his Captain America uh, cosplay that he built himself, which is really, really cool. He had a video I did watch. It's fantastic. Uh, if you want to check some of that stuff out, if you're into cosplaying, he does a really, really great work there. But uh, he built, he made that himself. Very, very cool. He's got his links in there. You can check that out. And then, of course, the homie Glav. Good to see you, Glav. Always coming through talking about some of his um, his memories, his summer memories. He said, yeah, he has a very similar one with renting games and getting pizza. Of course, the mom and pop uh, video store, Nighthawk Video, uh, and the pizza place that was right next door. That's what it's about, man. That's really what it was about. And the 90s was such a great time. It was so, I don't know, it felt almost so innocent, you know, <laughs> without really having the internet like on a scale that it was today. Uh, there's the homegirl E-Dub. E-Dub, your birthday's coming up. Happy birthday. Uh, she is also playing Wizards Unite, she says, which is great. She's a big Pokemon Go player as well. So very, very cool. Comeback Kid, good to see you talking about Spec Ops the line. Yeah, we brought that up. Very, very good stuff. And thanks, Narkill, for uh, correcting me on the Final Fantasy Adventures part. Uh, he says part of the Mana series, which is really cool. I had a question about that. Uh, the homie uh, Maverick. There it is. Hashtag summer. First thing pops into his head is the N64. Lots of memories playing with his cousins when school got out. He posted a few pictures of some of his boxed N64. Very cool stuff right here. Look at those beautiful, beautiful boxes there. Thank you. Maverick, my man. Looking good. Oh, can I come over and play that Extreme G in Cruising World, bro? Uh-huh. I love that one. Got the first one over there, too. Very nice. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. The Perfect Dark over there. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, and I see that little Wii Sports down there. A little photobomb Wii Sports. Oh, bro. There it is. Hey, hey. Love it. Great game. Good stuff right there. Uh, yeah, and then the homie Andy, of course, he always likes to post some great screenshots that he does of his uh, video games he's playing. Good stuff right there. So again, thank you everyone for coming through on the Discord. We got another community hashtag. This one is a little different. This one's a little different. Well, they're all a little different, right? They're all a little fun. Something interesting. This one may require you to do a little uh, digging, a little search, and think about, think about your collection. Think about games that you've played. Think about fireworks. It's the fourth. It's you know. It's the fourth of July. We're celebrating the the independence of the United States. And so, what do a lot of people do around here? Is they light off fireworks. So, what do people do when they celebrate in any big event like that? They usually let off fireworks and they celebrate. So, the community hashtag this week is hashtag fireworks. Think about a game that you've played that has fireworks either going off in it, or maybe you set them off. Interpret that how you will. What are some of the best looking fireworks in video games? Or maybe not even the best looking, but just maybe something that was there that added to it. I'm going to give just one example before, before we move on. Remember in Donkey Kong Country 2, when you're riding on the, uh, the coaster? Has the great like disco music going on in the background? And I remember always as a kid when I was in that level, the music was so on point. The game, the level was hard as nuts. I fucking could never get past it. It was so difficult. But in the background, it always would be fireworks going off. Remember? And they would, you could hear them like, boom, boom. it was so cool. It added such an element, like a party, like 
even though it was like the fireworks were way off in the distance and there was like carnival rides back there and all kinds of shit, you felt like there was stuff happening in the level. It was very dynamic. And so that always stood out to me. So maybe post a picture, like take a screenshot, even if you don't, even if you just have your camera phone or whatever, just like pull the game up, take a photo of it and pop it in with hashtag fireworks. Or what are some great fireworks in video games? I'm, I'm actually really interested to see what you guys come up with this. I think that was a cool, cool little hashtag. Something, something unique. Um, very, very cool. Okay. And with that, we're going to move on to the very last section. We have an audio question. I came in uh, the other day. Thank you so much for throwing down a can. Again, if you guys want to send audio questions, I would love it. I, I love audio questions so much. It's a great way for us to kind of, you know, communicate on a, you know, an audio level. It's great. And I love playing it. Love playing you guys on the show. Um, record yourself on your computer, your smartphone or whatever have you any, anywhere basically. And uh, just email it over to heinehouselive at gmail.com. That's it. And then every show, if you send one over, I'll get you on. This, this week, we have one from my man, Quick Freeze, Mr. Cliva. Thank you, sir. Hey, Jason, what's up? It's Cliva. Oh, he's um, over there, and he's uh, coming through the speakers on the other end. Let me, uh, let me fix that. Because <laughs> I'm mirroring you. Here we go. It's always something. We got you. Here we go. Hey, Jason, what's up? It's Cliva. Um, love the podcast, and I don't think I've ever asked you a question vocally, so I figured I'd try this out. Thank you. Uh, recently, I just bought a brand new computer, but I have no games for it, and believe this, I've never... I've never used Steam. I've never <laughs> ever. So I guess my question is for person who's brand new rookie to Steam. Uh, what are some good games that uh, I should be downloading for my computer? Um, you know, I like RPGs. I like fighters. But, you know, just general, what are some good games for Steam for someone who's never used Steam before? Any advice? Any cool games you could recommend? All right. Love the podcast. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Cliva, first of all, I love you. You are awesome. Thank you for your support for so many years. Thank you for your friendship. I've always, I always like to say this when you contact me or you know we chat somewhere. This man sent me a Call of Duty RC car a long time ago, 2010, nine years ago. After he watched one of my YouTube videos, uh, I think it was, or were you listening to my podcast? I think you were listening to my podcast. And you were so generous to send me one because I couldn't get it. It was sold out everywhere. So thank you. Anyway, wow, this is crazy that, you know what? It's so awesome. In fact, I almost want to tell you, run far or far away. <laughs> Save yourself, Cliva. Save yourself. <laughs> no, man. I think this is brilliant. I think this is so cool. The fact that you've never used Steam before, man, it's almost like, ah, oh, it's so so fresh and so new it's so honest man what do we do i want to steer you right this is crazy i've never been asked this question before i've never ever been asked this question all right cliva you like rpgs there are tons of great rpgs um you've probably played shovel knight on maybe a console or two if you haven't you should check out shovel knight brilliant 8-bit style game you know about it everyone knows about it um also pretty much Every Final Fantasy you can imagine is there on Steam. Some of even have HD remakes. Um, you absolutely should check out Final Fantasy. Um, gosh, where does it start? I think does it start at like six or seven? 
I think it starts at maybe seven and goes forward, but there's tons of them out there. Um, Chrono Trigger is also on there. Um, gosh, if you like RPGs, man, Borderlands. I mean, again, these are games that were available on console as well, but uh, Borderlands is great. Um, oh my God, I'm not even... God, how much time do you have, Cliva? Um, you basically need to go purchase... Okay, first thing you should do, Cliva, honestly, the first thing you should do is you should go look up the Valve game. There's, a, I think it's called a Valve Complete Pack. I never purchased it because over the course of me having Steam, I ended up buying them all individually. But I think Valve, Steam and Valve made a pack of all of the first-party Valve games. Portal, Portal 2, um, um, all Counter-Strike, Day of Defeat, uh, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, all of these games are ones you should have. And of course, the ma most magnificent, one of the greatest games ever created, ever made, Half-Life and Half-Life 2. You absolutely need to buy Half-Life, Half-Life 2, you need to buy Half-Life 2 Episode 1, and Half-Life 2 Episode Episode 1 and Episode 2. Yeah, you absolutely need to do that. Left 4 Dead, you can only get that um, no, you can get them on the orange box on console. Shit. I'm trying to think of exclusives. Uh, you know what? This is a great opportunity for the community to help us as well. Reach out. Folks, let's help our man Cliva. Let's put in some recommendations in Discord. I know you guys have games that you love that you always fall back to and play. What are some, maybe even Steam exclusive? Um, some first party are really good. Yeah, you really should get Portal. You should check those out. Those are really, really good. Um, there's the Witcher. Witcher's on there. I know a lot of people like Witcher. It's a great RPG. Oh, fucking A, dude. Have you played Skyrim? Everyone loves Skyrim. You should play Skyrim. That's on Steam. But of course, you could have played that on 360 or PS3. But the PC version, I think it looks better. It has higher graphics. So check that out. Oh, dude, the list goes on and on and on. So many. Oh, and Fighters? Yeah, man. Mortal Kombat's on there. Uh, Straight Fighters on there. Um, uh, Dragon Ball Z is on there. Uh, fuck, man. There's so many great games, Clyva. Which one? Guilty Gear. Thanks, Steph. Guilty Gear's on there. There's just so many great games that you can play. Which one? She she thinks King of Fighters is on there, too. I think so, too. Uh, the older ones, right? Yeah. Oh, also, there's a whole bunch of emulation. So, uh, there's, like, Sega emulation, all of the old, like, there's the Genesis collection. I think there's, like, two or three Genesis collection packs that are on there. Uh, I think Tempest um, is on there. I think there's, uh, oh my God, there's just, there's so many great arcade games as well. Oh, the list goes on. Anyway, that is, dude, I hope I broke your number two pencil with that. I hope I broke that because there's so much to write down there. You may need to uh, rewind this tape <laughs> and uh, play it again. Okay. Hey, it has been an absolute blast. Heinyhouse.com is the website, folks. Happy July. Happy birthday month for everyone. And uh, it's been an absolute blast. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, what else is there? I don't think there's anything else. I, I'm actually going to be traveling uh, to um, Portland. Spur of the moment. Got uh, Spur of the moment. I'm going to head up to Portland for a few days uh, over the fourth holiday. Uh, I just figured, you know, a little, little birthday celebration. See my, my family again and just say hi. And uh, so if anyone is in uh, in Portland and wants to hook up and say hi and do something, maybe hit up an arcade. Maybe I'll do that one night, just go to an arcade. Uh, let me know, hit me up and uh, we, can, uh, we can get down. 
If not, much love to you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day. Stay cool out there. Stay gaming. Catch you later. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe you had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something, something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you. Ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at... Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now.